All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott. I'm very, very happy for today's episode. We have Ben Hankinson and Chris McAlpine, my agents from Octagon Hockey. We're here in Minnesota, Adina actually. We're at the Rink and Bramer for the Beauty League Hockey League. And they invited me out here to hang out with them and see the boys. And I figured what better place to fill a podcast with my two agents. So, Jones, thanks for having me. Are you kidding? This is the part-time honorary commissioner of the Beauty League. And this guy is the one who put duh in beauty. Oh, yeah. That's my only contribution. Very good. <laughs> so I got in a couple hours ago. The first thing we did, we went to Sandy's, had some burgers. It's a little routine. And then we got to talking, and Hank was telling me about his trip he had out in Montana with Macker. And they had a little, you know, did some golfing, some fishing, had some fun. Then one night, they, they you know, were having a few beers, nothing crazy. And then they decided to do feats of strength. And they had a little, you know, cock of the walk. Who's, who's got the biggest swing and dick in the room? And the boys, what, tell us what happened, you guys. Tell us what happened. You want my version? <laughs> yes, your version first. Your version first. Considering I got the 17 stitches in the skull? He was no, the victim, no, yeah. No, okay. No. Don't show your skull. Oh, you can't. No, you'll see it all in about a couple of years when it all falls out. This will be a really good story, Dad. All right, let's hear What happened? Uh, for whatever reason, uh, Ben and I, we always like to wrestle every now and then. And... We got and they started back when we played together. Yeah. Okay. We used to fight in yes. practice. <laughs> yes. At the University of Minnesota. 1972. Yeah. <laughs> 1990. 90. Well, we decided that uh, we were going to get in a three-point stance and see if, you know, play a little goal line. And Ben proceeded to crush me three times. So I think he felt bad. So the fourth time, I'm, I'm geared up now. So, wait, what's the objective? You're in a three-point stance you just try to knock each other over? Just try to move a guy. Okay, just okay. Just try to, you know, see who's moving who. So no, no fighting. No fighting. No. Just a little pushing. Okay. Just a little pushing, as you can see. So, <laughs> as Ben crushes me three straight times. No, he, yeah, let me take over. He ran me over. <laughs> ran me over so hard that he toppled over and hit his head on an armoire in Yellowstone Club, Montana. Beautiful home with one of our sponsors in the beauty league, Andrew Walzer. Yes. So he all of a sudden is bleeding after, but you know what? That's what happens when you win. You got to pay the price. That's right. And he paid the price to win the belt. So this was like at what? One in the morning. Midnight. Maybe. Midnight. Yeah. You went to the hospital right away? Uh, well, we tried to get it to stop, but it just wouldn't. Yeah. So yeah, then we eventually we went down there and 
People were great. I forget. I was like an urgent care down there. Brian Lawton took them. Well, yeah, that's great. Lawton was great. And, uh, Seventeen stitches later, we're all good. You guys are so. And my super. wife yelled at me when I got. You guys home. are. They said, "Honey, it's just what we do. We wrestle they don't, sometimes no. at work. We wrestle sometimes." I don't wrestle. I've been around men my whole life, and I don't. You don't wrestle. It's not what you do. want to wrestle. The only guy I've wrestled ever, Bernsey, would try to wrestle guys when we were in Minnesota. He would challenge guys left and right, and so I came to the team and I wrestled him and I beat. Him. I was the only guy to beat Bernsey. I choked him out or something, and that was it. But yeah, we, you don't wrestle usually. Well, so. you wrestle your five young kids. At I home. wrestle my daughters. Yeah. So, anyways, if anyone's distracted by his well. His face, for one, but yeah, the forehead is because he got stitched up. Now let's edit all of that out of here. We'll edit that out. We're not professional. You guys are professionals. Yes, they're. Okay, now to some questions. I was actually interested to talk to you guys because Hank's been my agent for years. He met me when I was playing for tech. He picked me out of this small school. We didn't have any NHL guys. Like, we were terrible. And I've always wanted to know, like, why or how did you notice me? Out of all the shit, all the players, all the NHL guys I was playing against, and my team was like a. A turd of that league, and how did you pick me out of that turd? You were a smelly turd. Yeah, <laughs> you're the one turd that stuck out on Michigan Tech. Well, I like, was actually yeah. at a birthday party for my father, or my, I think it was my brother, in, in November, and I kept hearing the announcer on the TV say six, seven, six, eight defenseman from Michigan Tech. I made my way to the TV to watch a Gopher Michigan Tech game, and I saw you on the ice, and I thought, wow, he's pretty good. Yeah. And he's 6'7", moved, played aggressive, skated well. So I got in the car, and I drove down to the rink 20 minutes away and met you after the game. You Is thought I right? was at the game. You thought I was at the game watching you, and yeah. I just picked you up. And then we met, like a week or two later, you came back and played Mankato, and we met and asked how tall you are, and that's when you said 6'7", and I said, no, you're taller than that. And you said, no, I'm just a little taller. I said, how big? You said, just over 6'7", and I kept grilling you, and finally you said, I'm 6'8 and a bit. Yeah. And then I said, how much is a bit? And you finally said, a half an inch. And then you said you were 235, but actually you were 255, and you said, there's such a thing as being too big. I said, no, there's not. And that was the beginning of our wrestling match. Yeah, because I had a coach who told me, he said, the... Uh the scouts won't take guys who are over 6'7". And so every time I... Because every time you get measured for hockey, it only went up to 6'5". So they would just ask me how tall you are. And so I would just say, yeah, 6'7", 235. And they'd be like, okay, fine, whatever. But yeah, I was 6'8", three quarters, actually. But yeah, it was just funny how stuff works out. And so then I became Hank's property. And my first contract coming out, I really wanted a signing bonus because all the other guys were getting signing bonuses of like... 800,000, 900,000, like big, big money. And I remember we were trying to get a contract, or Hank was, and I said, I just want a signing bonus. And so we went back, I signed with Minnesota, with the AHL team, Houston, and he goes, John, I got you a signing bonus. And it was $5,000. <laughs> it was the best day of my life. I was like, holy shit, I got $5,000. This was the best thing ever. Well, what, what did you sign for your first contract? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think I ended up signing for. I bet you get three fifty. I want to say. Yeah. Was it more than that? No, no, it was like two seventy five. Because you went round. You were first rounder. No, seventh. Seventh, and you still got that much. He left. Wow. Yeah, he was at. Yeah. He wasn't six eight in a bit. He was five eleven in a bit. Six one. Tech's a little bit different than Minnesota. That's so then you cool. made your way. Though you signed with, with the AHL Houston yep. at the time, affiliated yep. with the Wild. You kept going and playing like so well in their system that eventually, at Christmas, we converted it to an to NHL, an NHL deal. That's right. And yeah. then 
one-year deals the rest of the way. And I've always wondered, because I was never obviously a star, never a sought-after player, for the most part. What was the hardest deal to get me? Like, was it always difficult pulling teeth to try to get money at a GM? Because I remember I was a nervous wreck always July 1st. And you would call me, you'd be like, oh, don't worry, I got you something, got you something. And I just wanted, like, in your shoes, like, was it hard to find me deals? You know, the last year was probably the, the hardest at, up to that point when you signed with Arizona. Yeah. And we had, remember, at the time, we had Pittsburgh that was yeah. that was knocking at the door. Should have went to Pittsburgh. Oh. They didn't have a deal, and it came to the point where you can either take Arizona or, yeah, or can wait. wait. Yeah. And we talked to Pittsburgh, and the waiting wasn't necessarily going to turn into a deal. They were just deciding with, as, you know, they got pushed around a little bit mm-hmm. there. And, you know, the way you played, you played obviously physical, strong, and would have been a great guy in the room with Crosby and some of their talented players to, you know, maybe not so much play with them, but once in a while play with them and, and, and make them in feel practice like, at least, a little, play with them. Yeah. And so I think that was the Arizona deal. You had a couple of good deals with, with Buffalo, Minnesota, Chicago. You got traded to New York. Shocking that that never turned out. San Jose, they that was loved a great you there. Deal, yeah. That was a good spot. I'm surprised you know all my deals still. That's good. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, good for you. The, the, the Darcy Regeer yeah. was a GM, and he ended up going to Arizona, so that helped you get to Arizona. But he always said when John played, the, the other guys on the team behaved. They played nice. John wasn't in the lineup, they didn't play so nice. Yeah, it's he, funny. He loved you. Like he, I mean, you signed, what did you get, two years there? Two um, years in Buffalo, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It, people don't understand what the July 1st comes around when you don't know if you're going to sign. If you're not a big guy, if you're not expecting millions, it's like, holy shit, I might not play next year. So like, you would be sitting there nerve-wracked, like just look, literally looking at your phone like, okay, Okay, nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah, yeah, you see these guys sign, and it's like, I was lucky enough to sign July 1st a few times, and, man, it was nerve-wracking, especially the Arizona one. I think we just we signed the 7th or something or the 8th. Yeah, that one and, was a few more days. And you think you're done. So it's as agents, how stressful it is for you guys to know you have, like, someone's livelihood in your hands. Like, is, is that super stressful? Especially for guys like me or guys on H, AHL deals, it's got to be, like, nervous for you because you – you know, you control their fate. It's, it's, you know, if you're a good agent, and I'm not saying we are. These guys are but, one but of the you, best agents feel, out there. You feel worse about it if you're the agent because every night I go to bed thinking, okay, his family is counting on, you know, where is he going to go? Where is he going to move his whole family for the yeah. next year, two years, three years, whatever it is? So we're not happy until you're signed. And generally, it's not just signed, but you've got to be happy with where you're going, yeah. the fit, how long the, the, the commitment is to that team, and is it put you in a position to get another contract down the road. So it's awful for us. When you get signed on July 1st or the 7th, yeah. that makes our summer a lot easier. makes your summer a lot easier too, but like the guys like you that don't like pick up the phone and text you every mm-hmm. day, call you every day, that it's like you want to work harder for guys like you that, yeah. that, that, you know, appreciate everything you do for them. So you want to, like, it's your kid, like put them in the best spot to succeed. I would text Hank and Mac pictures of my kids really skinny and hungry <laughs> because we didn't have anything to eat. And I would just say like, no pressure. And my kids, like I texted my kids crying and just like, cause we had no money and they, they would always come through. It was really good. <laughs> It was, it was great. What were the, who were, is it, is it different when you have a star player who's like a diva and are they more difficult to deal with than a guy like me? I think I was pretty laid back. I I was very kind of hands-off player. Is it, who's more difficult to deal with? Like a, 
I don't know, I don't want to call it like a star player or a guy like me. Like, wh- it, which is easier? Well, and I would you're, say, you're, you know, obviously, you know, a guy like you, much easier. I mean, you, not that anyone else is not appreciative, but you know, like every year you're going to be in a tough situation, yeah. you know, almost. But, um, and the other guys where, then it says getting little things that really don't mean anything, you know, but they're conditioned or they're... they're like in their contract, they, they want things like no trade or... Yeah, yeah, more of that kind of stuff. More of the, hey, I'm here and I want to stay here. You just wanted the minimum. Yeah, I just, you, I just wanted something. You just wanted a contract. A contract. I don't care who it's with. I remember you would, you'd be like, yeah, um, they want... I'd be like, yeah, it's whoever it is, I don't give a shit. Just <laughs> sign me. I'm there. I don't care. Who were the toughest GMs to deal with? I don't know if you can, you know, talk about it, but are there GMs who are just like pricks to deal with and there's other GMs you like? Do you have favorites? Do you guys you don't like dealing with because they're hard negotiators? Or is The first a- guy I dealt with was Glenn Sather, okay. who you ended up, and yeah. you weren't very happy I didn't like time in New York. I didn't like the Rangers, So no. he was the GM of Edmonton Oilers. That's the first deal I did. He was the toughest GM, and probably I was the least experienced at the time when I dealt with him. And I wasn't even a star player, but he held out until training camp just because we couldn't get close on a deal. And he knew I was a rookie agent at the time. I'd say, uh, you know, some of the great ones are the guy in Buffalo right now, Jason Botterill. Um, there's a lot of uh, Dale Talon down in Florida. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorites. Uh, I like Chuck Fletcher, who's a wild here. Paul Fenton's great with the wild here now. Um, even Sweet Lou? Yeah, Sweet Lou. Yeah. Marillo. Yeah. Oh, he's a great. He's yeah. great. He just told me I should retire. Him. He did. When he I, knows I, nothing about hockey. I was in Toronto eating dinner with somebody and I, we went to this restaurant and we looked around the corner and there was Shanahan and Lamoretto eating dinner. It was like, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 at night. And so we went up there, shared a drink with him and he goes, so what are your plans for next year? And I was like, well, you know, I, I think I'd like to try play, you know, keep going. And he's like, do you think that's a good idea? And I was like, and I'd never met him before in my whole life. He goes, hmm, think, do you think that's a wise move? I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, you know, that's all I'd like to keep playing if I can. He's like, sometimes you... When it's enough, it's enough. You know, you got to kind of back away. And I was like, "Do you do you punch Lula Amorello in a restaurant? <laughs> do you fuck yourself?" Or yeah, it was so it was so bizarre. But yeah, he he just shot it to me straight. I, I respect it. I was like, you know what? You know what you're talking about. So like, good for you. And I, yeah, he was right. You were right. You talked to me in the hotel room one time. You're like, well, not much out there, John. Maybe you should uh, think about something else. I, you just told me that at lunch today. I don't remember that exact conversation. It wasn't as as uh, it was obviously stuck in your head as a as a turning point where your career might be coming to an end. Yeah, as a player, your last year when you're trying to find a deal, that's the it's tough when no one comes a calling. But it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, like for you, how everything came to an end. You know, winning the NHL yeah. All-Star MVP, and then the you know the season in Montreal, and then it was the games changed fast. We were just talking about it in the car. Like you could have played, and you would have gotten NHL games, but did you want to go to the minors? And did you want to battle? Did you want to give some other young player yeah. a chance? Because you're the kind of guy, hundred percent. I know if someone was trying to make their way as a physical player, you'd fight him. Yeah, and and you'd play that same role that you've always played that got you there. But it wouldn't be the best thing for you at that point when you just had the kids. You're just ending on a magical mode. You got a movie coming. You got a book coming. You got. He's still in agent mode right now. He's yeah. still selling me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think the best line 
remember though, uh, when you were in Chicago and the young kid, uh, Letty, is up and you looked over at him. <laughs> so, so how do you feel about stealing my job? <laughs> <laughs> he had just got called up a D-man. He was just like, all right, Nick, you're stealing my job. How did you feel good about that? <laughs> no. well, when did, how did you guys leave? You played for a while, Mac. How many years? Uh, I ended up playing around uh, nine, nine, ten years. How, when did you know it was time? You know, when I was getting moved all the time, yep. like, and, and I was kind of like you, mm -hmm. young kids, and just kind of new, and then uh, Ben actually had uh, got me my last deal with the Wild, and I knew I didn't want to, part of me was like, okay, not there was anything against the Wild, but I just knew I always had to go to training camp, because yeah. I was a lot like you in the fact that you knew you had to make the team. Yeah. You weren't on the team. You had to make it in yeah. training camp, and I didn't want to have to deal with all the family and and stuff during that time. So when I finally was done, <laughs> he is the greatest speech ever. He goes, he, he was kind of talking me out of it a little bit, and he just says, hey, okay, finally, take all your clothes off and go look in the mirror. <laughs> Let's wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that came later. And he says, you will never look that good again. So just know that. No <laughs> way. I didn't say that to you because you look as good. I look so good. As you did before. <laughs> but when he actually was in Chicago and he got sent to the minors a year before, they were going to send him down for a weekend to get some games and get back yeah. up. He called me and said, I'm not going. I'm quitting. I said, no, you can't quit. You're not. You're going to be back up there. He said, no, they got too many defensemen. I'm quitting. I'm driving home. I'll be there in six hours. Driving back from Chicago. No six way. and a half hours in Minneapolis. So I got my desk all cleaned. I got ready for this big meeting, what I was going to tell him. I called him. Are you getting close? He goes, yeah, I'm two hours away. So I'm staying at 6 at night at the office. Kids at home. He's going to be there at 8. 8 o'clock comes. He's still not there. 8.30. I call him. No texting then. Where are you? He goes, oh, I'm just getting stuck in traffic. I'm almost going to be there. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. Finally, like 10 o'clock comes. And he says, oh, I was just messing around with No. Him. He, drove, he drove to the miners in Norfolk. He just left me <laughs> So why does he have that, that stitches so there? No. No way. No way. No way. And what about you? When did you know it was done? Because you played, bounced around. Yeah. I mean, I was getting further away from the NHL. I was playing okay. in Orlando. I was fighting. I probably had 200 penalty minutes and 17 goals. And I had a young kid born down there. And I said, all right, it's, I'm getting further from the NHL. Yeah. And uh, I, I was, you know, not fighting like you, but more in a wrestling mode of my Still. career. So I, I said, this is enough. And I got in the agent business right away. After That's that. pretty smart. That was 20 years ago. So what's it like? Is it is it gratifying being an agent when you like, when you sign a big deal? Like, is it cool when you just say, okay, here you go. Here's five years, 20 schmill. The guy's super happy. Like, is that, that's gotta be a good feeling. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome, and, and I, I will brag about hockey players all day long between you and, yeah. you know, everyone you probably interview on this podcast. It's nothing against basketball, nothing against football, but I think the culture in hockey is more team-oriented, more blue-collar, come from, like, tough, uh, hard-working families, and I think the, the, the expectations for these guys, we see them all when they're young, usually when yeah. we get them as clients and work their way through their whole careers, and they grow up, they change, they have families, they answer to wives, and you see their kids, and it's so gratifying when you know you can help them you know, secure their financial future or buy a house or be smart with their money. And I mean, it, it comes back hundred percent. A lot of our guys are still in hockey. Like, you know, with the better you do, the greater yeah. it is for us to try to be in the same, you know, small world that we're in. So 
you know, signing a contract for Dustin Bufflin, who's as good of a guy He's as there so is good, in yeah. the world, is obviously, you know, very, very rewarding. Uh, and, and it is for a young kid like, uh, you know, Shane Gersich, who leaves the University of North Dakota this year, goes and plays in Washington and wins a cup. Just talking to him today at our camp, like, really? how he's growing. He said in those two months, he improved more as a hockey player than he has yeah. any other time in his career. So That's it's pretty cool. cool just to be a small part of that. That's so cool. Well, now we're here at the Beauty League. This, guy, this league is taken off. It's getting national press. What's next for the Beauty League? Anything down the pipeline? Well, we got to get a new commissioner. Okay. So our commissioner, part-time honorary commissioner, John Scott, has now moved on to podcast. Yeah, I said, fuck this league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's here milking us for one more trip yeah. to do his podcast. I know, I, I texted him two weeks ago. I'm like, hey, you want to fly me out to Minnesota? You're, you're buying it. <laughs> no, I'm not paying to come out here. No way. Not a no, chance. This started as a great way for our local NHL guys and guys that come in from out of town to skate and play and have the fans interact, and it's been unbelievable. It's grown a little bit bigger than sometimes we had hoped for, but yeah. that's a good problem to have. There's good charities involved, and the guys get a good skate. And what's next is just try to keep it the same, but yeah. keep having fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you get a chance to come check it out, Bramer Arena, the Beauty League, come say hi to Ben and Mac, and, uh, yeah, we'll be around. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, John. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh,